Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Do you ever feel like you're only half living your life? You know, I should probably introduce myself once again. I know some people join us partway through. Uh, I'm Jeff Slater, the uh, pastor of Trinity, the lead pastor. Uh, for any of you that I haven't met, either on person or online, it is so good to have all of you with us today uh, as we uh, look for a word of hope in Scripture and as we surely find it. You know, I am a firm believer that... God speaks in times like this. It's not because my words are necessarily great, though I try the best I can. No, but in moments like these, God causes us to hear what God wants us to hear. And there's something holy about that. So I hope that you will listen today. And you know what? Have a pencil and paper ready. Uh, You may never look at that scribble again, but even just the act of writing it down may make it stick to your heart a little bit more because I promise you that God will speak to you if you listen before this time is up. And you know what? I'll say this again too. Uh, Hit the share button if you're on Facebook because you never know who else might need one uh, one of these words too. You know, today, Today we're starting a new series called Fully Alive. And this is a series to kind of uh, follow Easter. You know, on Easter, Jesus is raised from, the, uh, raised from the dead. And so often we let the story stop there. Oh, it's great. Uh, Jesus has uh, defeated death. And well, that's true. Of course it's true. And it's wonderful. But here's the thing. God didn't stop there. Jesus kept appearing to his disciples. Even before he ascended into heaven, Jesus was in the world doing the work that needed to be done and showing and calling his disciples to do the same. And so through this series, we are going to tell those stories of the times that Jesus appeared to the disciples in the flesh even after resurrection. And we're going to see how when we join him in that work, that, well, that's when we become fully alive. That's when we find a true and deep life our own selves. Now, if you've been reading along uh, with the church uh, through the Gospel of Luke during the season of Lent, you know that last week was Easter, but that wasn't quite the end of the Gospel yet, was it? There's a little bit that follows it. In fact, it's some of these stories and so we are going to uh, continue that today but I'm going to ask again that question I started with a few minutes ago do you ever feel like you're only half living your life you know one simple time that I found it this one's a little trivial I suppose but I have never been one that likes roller coasters. I don't know why. Maybe I don't like my head being shaken up. You know, maybe I don't like the lightheadedness. Maybe I don't like the thrill of it. I, I mean, I don't know. I've just never liked uh, roller coasters or amusement park rides. But here's the thing. My wife loves them. Now, most of our marriage, we've gotten by just fine, but now that we have kids five and eight, they're starting to get interested in the amusement parks too, right? And I can already tell that this is beginning to grow in them too. And uh, there have already been times, and I'll bet you there's going to be more coming, where they have wanted to go on a ride together, and I've said, okay, I'll wait over here on the bench. And then I sit over on the bench while they go on the ride. Do you ever feel like you're only half living your life? Seriously, I think Sam especially loves it. There was one time when he was on a a kiddie roller coaster and he just grabbed the rail and was like, ah, the whole time, (laughs) actually. uh, Because I sat out, I'm the one who got to see that great sight. So I guess there's that. No, 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 here's another story that comes to mind. Uh, One of my favorite authors and thinkers is Phyllis Tickle. uh, And she has written so many things. I could talk for 
hours about some of her ideas about the church and the world and uh, she passed away recently I would love to know what she would say about this pandemic probably I told you so <laughs> uh, but there's one kind of throwaway thing she said in the middle of a speech once that has stuck with me ever since. Now she was talking to uh, family ministry, so children's ministry and teenagers, uh, and about the ways that the American family has changed since she was young. Uh, and it has in so many ways. And she was quick to say, don't judge yourselves for it. Don't feel guilty or bad. There's good reasons for it. Uh, women were not treated equally uh, um, generations ago. In fact, there's still not. We're still working on that, but at least we're closer than we were. But we've had to give up a few things in order to make that happen, and she's just acknowledging that. One of them being quality family dinners. Now, it's not that we don't have any family dinners. For all of our families that might be listening, I hope that you have family dinners anyway. But she said that there's a difference between a, a truly home-cooked meal with fresh ingredients even grown in the garden like, uh, like so many farmers still do. There's a difference between that and a limp piece of pizza that has a little bit of liquid floating on top of the cheese. <laughs> now you can get better pizza than that I suppose, but do you get my point? And I'd say that's the same for me, too. Uh, I'm the cook, main cook in our house, and most of the time I don't have the energy to do a full-on great big meal, even though I enjoy doing it. Uh, and I think I do decently on a day-to-day -day basis, but here's the thing. Sometimes I think to myself, we're missing out. We're missing out. We could be doing better. Now, I think that happens to a lot of us, that we think we're only half living our life. Maybe it's because we're too busy. Maybe it's for other reasons like that. Maybe it's because we would just simply wear ourselves too thin or we have our priorities in the wrong place. Today's story from Scripture is about two disciples who didn't know what they were missing. Now, they had a sense of it. They had an idea. But the result was that they were downtrodden as it's put in some translations. They truly were. And I want to share the story with you. It's from Luke uh, chapter 24. In fact, it's right after the story of the empty tomb, continuing on from last week's. It goes like this. On the same day, the same day as the resurrection, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. Now think about this. This was not a day when you had uh, SUVs with such great suspensions in them that you don't even feel the bumps on the road. No, that wasn't true at all. We're talking about a dusty, dirty walking trail that has animals going along it as well. So most people would walk uh, from one town to another. Maybe they would have a pack animal. Now, I don't want to get too graphic here as we push toward lunchtime, but you know what happens when you have pack animals on a trail, right? You have to watch where you step. <laughs> so can you imagine what it was like walking along this road? I'm picturing it with lots of dust and lots of dirt. Uh, I'm picturing the dust getting in their noses and in their sinuses. You know, there's a reason foot washing was a thing back then. It's because you'd finish one of these journeys and your feet would be terrible. And it probably didn't smell great either. Did I mention the pack animals? Okay, I'm not going to go back into that again. <laughs> this is what was going. But just like trips, long trips today, road trips... They also give you a lot of time to think. 
So here they are walking along the dusty, dirty, stinky trail. And as they go, they're talking about everything that had happened. All this hope that they had in Jesus. Uh, Jesus dying on the cross and then this strange thing that they had heard uh, only just this morning. All right. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Okay, so Jesus is being sneaky here is what's going on, right? So they don't fully believe what had happened. Well, or at the very least, they don't fully understand or they don't even have enough pieces yet. Uh, And so here they are and Jesus walks up beside them on the road like any traveler might. But he pulls a little trick so that they won't know it's him. And he says to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? And they stop their faces downcast. Now, there's two disciples here. One of them is named Cleopas. The other is not named. Uh, Some people speculate that it might have been uh, Cleopas's wife or perhaps one of the women. Uh, It would have been tradition not to name uh, by by name uh, in those days. Um, I'm not sure unless one of us uh, 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 builds a time machine. We won't know who the other disciple is. I just wanted to at least plant that idea as you try to picture this. But the one who is named, the one named Cleopas, responds to Jesus... Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? In other words, are you crazy? How could you have been in Jerusalem and not know what happened? And Jesus, hiding his identity again, says, What things? They said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. Now, that's an interesting choice of words right there. You know, uh, there would have been a time they'd said he was the Messiah. Now, they're doubting a little bit. He was recognized by all the people as a prophet. He was at least that. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. Now that phrase says a lot about their state of mind, doesn't it? We had hoped that he had been the one to redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago, but but there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying that when they had seen, that they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found the things just as the women said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus, again hiding his identity, said to them, you foolish people. Jesus was real caring, wasn't he? (laughs) No, he was actually. We all need to hear, a, hear that hard word every now and then. Jesus says to them, you foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then Jesus interpreted for them all the things that was written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses back near the beginning of the Bible and all the way through the prophets. You know, they had seven miles to walk, so they had lots of time. And this mysterious stranger walking with them explained everything as they went. When they came to Emmaus, Jesus acted as if he was going on ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. 
So Jesus, remember, they still don't know it's him. Jesus went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Now, do you recognize those words? That's what we say when we have communion, when we have the bread and the cup on this altar. A couple of weeks ago when we did online communion and you had it at home, these are the words we said. Jesus, they still didn't know it was him. He takes the bread and he blesses it and he broke it and gave it to them. And in that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. But he disappeared from their sight as soon as they saw. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? Weren't our hearts on fire? They got up right then. You know, it's nighttime, right? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, The Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. You know, it's amazing how easy it is to feel down even after Easter. You know, just last week we sang Christ the Lord is risen today. We sang the greatest songs of our faith. Uh, after uh, after uh, this entire season of Lent, all of a sudden the coverings on the altar was white. We have the flowers of spring. We light the Christ candle. It's the biggest celebration of the year. And it's amazing how easy it is to feel down, even just on Easter Monday, let alone the week that follows. And you know what, with this pandemic going on, uh, I really have a fear that there are too many in our society that are suffering from depression and anxiety right now, too closely related but different things. That depression that we just can't escape from, so much so that it affects our sleep. For some people too much, for others too little. Uh, And it affects our eating, sometimes too much, sometimes too little, depending on the person, this great depression. We aren't interested in the things we used to be interested in. Others suffer from anxiety where thoughts tend to spiral, where one thought leads to the next and all of a sudden it's so bad that you're beginning to experience physical symptoms from it, even lightheadedness. You know, I suspect that there are some of you out there that have been experiencing this. And if that's you, I hope that you will talk to someone, that you will call your doctor or or find support in some way because there there are just too many ways to help not to. But it also is strange. It must feel, it feels strange to experience that even the week after Easter. If God and Jesus came and changed everything, why is this still happening? It makes you wonder, is Jesus walking with us too? I mean, if Cleopas and the other disciple can be so downtrodden and Jesus was walking with them, Well, it must be true for us too, don't you think? That Jesus is here with us. We may not be able to recognize him. We may not necessarily see until we look back from the future where Jesus is. But it gives us hope that Jesus is here with us. You know, the big happenings of life, they disrupt us, don't they? 
You know, I'm, uh, I'm old enough to remember September 11, and I was a kid when the uh, Berlin Wall fell. Uh, I didn't understand what was going on at the time, but I realized the world had changed drastically in that moment. Uh, I know there are others of you that remember uh, polio when that was happening, or, or World War II, uh, and, and other disruptions in the middle. Uh, but surely this is the biggest one that any of us have seen and it certainly is a slow roll as it uh, pans out uh, over a longer period of time. It disrupts our patterns, but it also gives us an opportunity to rebuild. It also it gives us an opportunity to see the ways that we've only been half living our life. It gives us a chance to see what we were missing before and as we rebuild to rebuild with those things in mind. Now, I know that there are some of you that are battling with loneliness, and I hope that you manage to find God in the midst of it too. Perhaps even this kind of connection is a part of that. For me, one thing that I've noticed is a difference in family time. Now, uh, we've always had a, a strong and insistent tradition in our family that we do family dinner. In fact, I hope all of you families out there do that with kids. Uh, but here's the thing. It's been different during this pandemic. It's been different. I don't know. We've been more present to each other. Uh, maybe it's because we can't go somewhere else. Maybe it's just because we're not rushing as much. It's hard to say. But there's been something different about it. There was even a time uh, a week or so ago that I decided to make a roast chicken. Now I mentioned I'm the main cook in our house and every now and then I do like to do the big stuff whether it's smoking meat or, some, or, or whatever. I decided a roast chicken would be good and it doesn't take a whole lot of work I suppose. Just salt and pepper and a little rosemary just because I like rosemary and I'm the one cooking, right? And just, uh, put the thermometer in it, put it in the oven. Uh, not much to it at all, didn't even serve much for a side. But you know what? It was good. It was good. It sure beats a frozen pizza. It sure beats a, one of those lasagnas that are, that are quite good, you know, that you put in the oven. But there's something different. There's something wholesome. There's something deeper. Something that we were missing about that kind of meal. Even the kids gobbled it up. But you know what? I don't think it's really about the chicken. Chicken was good. But I don't think it's really about that. I think it's the fact that we had a different heart about us. We had a different intention about us. And as we sat at that table and broke bread in that way, we got a glimpse of what we were missing, even from our family dinners when they did happen. It's funny how often Jesus is made known in the breaking of the bread, isn't it? Jesus was there. And Jesus is in all of our homes and our hearts, even more than usual right now. So my prayer is that our eyes would be open so that we might see the ways that Jesus is walking with us along this road. Would you bow your head with me? Now, there may be some of you that are really struggling right now. I mentioned depression and anxiety. Maybe when I said that, there was a spark of recognition in you and you know you need to do something about it. I pray for you today. Maybe others of you just know that even after the celebration of Easter that you're missing out somehow. Let's pray together. Oh God, come into our hearts.
Give us glimpses of what it means to be fully alive. And in those moments, help us to reorganize. But indeed, everything we do might be towards your life. And that in doing so, we might know life to the fullest, too. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.